Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. This is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 61. Today's episode. It's all about electric and HVAC, and you're going to learn about what a great investment this career is, and you're going to learn it from the perspective of an educator. And so today's guest is the director of operations at Forge Now. He grew up in Freehold, New Jersey, attended the United States Military Academy, and completed an MBA at UCLA. He, my guest started his career as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. He's very proud of commanding a battery in the U.S. Army and bringing his soldiers back home from deployment. During his free time, he likes to go on hiking with his dog. Please welcome Stephen Brightman to the Skill Stadium podcast. Stephen, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Keith. Thanks. I appreciate you uh, having me on your show today. Excellent. Uh, when you do hiking, are you someone who's going out early in the morning? Are you doing a couple miles? Or yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's a little less since I've moved to Dallas, just because there aren't aren't a ton of hills around Dallas, so we have to drive a little bit farther. So that's mostly uh, weekend trips. But I lived in Los Angeles before I moved here, and there's tons of hiking out there. So it would usually be an early early Saturday morning hike, and then go grab breakfast somewhere. Excellent. Do you encounter any wildlife? Oh yeah, of course. It's you know snakes, uh, lizards couple deer okay nice 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 what type of dog do you have she's a uh she's a mutt uh okay. we actually got the doggy dna test because my fiance was just uh was was upset we didn't know what she was and she's just a mix of, of everything okay and you know with the summer winding down Stephen, um what's something you know as you move closer to the year closing out what's something you're excited about and looking forward to yeah, like I just said, uh, I have a fiance. We're getting married in September, so uh, yeah, looking nice. forward to that big day and uh, have a lot of family coming from out of town. So people I haven't seen in years. So uh, we're really excited about that. Excellent, excellent. Yes, that is a big life altering change. So uh, congratulations to you and all the best. Wanted to uh, kind of move ahead when you decided to make a transition out of the military. Because uh, first of all, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. And, um, when you decide to make a transition out of the military into the civilian career, why did you decide on this career path? It seems a little different from what you were doing as a military officer. Yeah, so I uh, I didn't take the decision lightly to leave the military. I really enjoyed what I was doing, working with the soldiers, I don't want to say defending America, but I, I enjoyed the military. But there was a couple things, uh, personal goals that just I wouldn't be able to accomplish in the military. Uh, so I left, uh, had a couple jobs between uh, leaving the military and now reason I got back into this job is I wanted to get back into operations. It's what I really enjoy doing. And this, uh, this career allows me to do that. Excellent. Excellent. So can you tell me how your experience in the military has helped prepare you to guide people into careers in the skill trades? Absolutely. So anytime a soldier left the military and I was responsible for them, they had to go through a transition process. And I would help them with that, kind of say, hey, where do you want to live? What do you want to do with your life now that now that the military is uh, in your past? So I've worked with kind of the population that is would be coming to our school. Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of set me up well to help guide people into the career in the trades because you want I wanted my soldiers to go into careers that they could thrive in and you can thrive in careers in skilled trades. 
Definitely. I think with the military, it's so structured and so process oriented that a lot of people, I think, really underestimate how challenging it is to make that transition into the civilian world, you know, because you guys, you guys have a process and system in place when you're in the military. So how has that been a challenge, I guess, for just in general for, for military personnel? It definitely is a challenge. That first uh, f- first couple months when you're at a new job in the civilian world and you're not calling someone sir or ma'am and you're not saluting your boss as they walk by, it, uh, it's definitely a challenge. So what we did here at Forge Now to kind of assist that transitioning military is we actually kind of think of it almost as a boot camp where they're here from seven to four every day. It's very immersive and helps them with that transition of, hey, I'm not, I'm not saluting my boss or the instructor anymore, but we are Everyone's in uniform. They have to be here on time and in the right place, ready to train. So we kind of kind of help them with that here. Yeah, I'd also think you know that the character traits of military military background, you know, discipline, <laughs> showing up on time, it's definitely got to be an asset for uh, people making the transition to the skilled careers and going to your school. A- absolutely, any contractor out there will tell you that they're looking for someone who will show up on time in the right uniform. And, and ready to work. And, and that's what the military can provide, or the, excuse me, transitioning soldiers and sailors and airmen can provide to these contractors. Look, tell me, what do you enjoy the most about the work you do? I really enjoy um, seeing the the candidate from when they first get here. They'll be in, I mean, we have a broad array of people that come in from 18 years old all the way up. I think our oldest graduates are, so far has been 49. But seeing them come in kind of nervous. I mean, it's the first day of school, something new that they really don't understand. Uh, on day two, they come in their uniforms. After we'd issue them the uniforms, everyone's standing a little bit taller. You really see the cohesion among the, the students start on day two. And then just watching their confidence build after they go through our, as they go through our program. You'll see they start in the classroom where they'll learn theory, but once they can get hands-on and they actually you know, set up an air conditioner for the first time or wire their first electrical light bulb and they flip the switch and it turns on, just to see the smiles across their faces that they've accomplished something that they've they've working hard to. And then on graduation day, when we have all the families come and, you know, for some people, this may only be the second time they graduated. Uh, it could be the first time they graduated if they got a GED. So having them walk across that stage uh, with their family there, it's just a really, a really great moment for all the, obviously the, the graduate, but also all the staff who put the time and effort in to see them, see them accomplish something. I'm also curious, just as I'm listening to you, you, you mentioned the second day say that they're uniforms. Is that typical of most schools? Because I haven't heard of schools in your industry, and I've, I've talked to some people, where they issue uniforms. Does that make you guys unique, or is that wrong? So, so we, we do issue a full set of uniforms, and I can't, can't speak for other schools, but we do issue a full set of uniforms. They'll get work boots, uh, multiple pairs of pants, T-shirts, uh, belt and a couple uh, long sleeve shirts. So when they go on interviews, they look professional. We mm-hmm. also issue them about a thousand dollars worth of tools. So they'll get everything from the screwdrivers and the wrenches to the very specific tools for either the HVAC or electrical program we have. And the reason we do that is normally if they were just to go work for a contractor off the street, there's kind of two ways they get their tool. The contractor will say, hey, go buy your, your set of tools. It's about a thousand bucks, run it through your credit card, whatever you need to do to get them. Or the contractor will provide the tools, but take money out of their paycheck every month until they've paid back those tools. Makes and sense. that's that's generally what happens. Again, I can't speak for all the companies, but we want them when they graduate prepared and ready to jump in the truck and start work the next day. That makes sense. That makes sense. That I, I can respect that. I also feel like then take better care of something that they are responsible for because they are assuming they're responsible for those tools. And 
You just don't give them to give them to them with a blank check where hey, you can do whatever you want with that. Exactly. Uh, they'll they'll need them for their job. It's uh it's just something that that we decided when we kind of were building the school that it's something we should we should do for them. You know, I was on your website and one of the things I was really impressed with is I noticed that you guys had a chart with a uh, comparison for the educational investment of Forge Now versus a four-year university and a two-year university. I found that to be really powerful. Can you talk to me about why students should consider pursuing their education at Forge Now? Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at the two- and four-year universities, you're going to be in school for two to four years. You can't start working until you complete your degree in, in most situations in the career you want to go into. Here at Forge Now, it's a short program, less than less than two months you're here with us. And you may say, oh, what can you learn in two months? You're here from seven to four every day. This is, I mean, this is basically your job. This is your onboard training for your next career in the trade. So when you when you come here, like I said, we'll equip you with all those uniforms We'll train you. We have a full state-of-the-art lab, which actually looks like a mock house where you can learn to wire. Uh, if you're on the electric program, you learn to wire for a kitchen, for a laundry room, for a bathroom, for HVAC, same thing. We have a, a mock attic where you'll put in a full AC system, furnace, and take it out. We also have other items in the lab for you to, you to work on so you can get, get really hands-on. You'll also get credentials here. Depending on which path you go down, you'll get an EPA, a national EPA certification, You'll get uh, three NATE certifications, which are kind of the gold standard in HVAC. And if you do the electrical program, you will get a uh, the OSHA certification. We also, if your state requires licensing, such as Texas, where we are, we'll help you with that licensing requirement. And the last thing we do here is we'll, we'll help you with placement. We can't guarantee you a job, but we have a placement team that works nationally. We're partnered with over 55 contractors just in the DFW area alone. So when you come through our program, there's a, there's a high likelihood that you'll have a job at the end of it. Excellent. I, I agree 100%. That makes sense. Can you share how, what your school is doing to build those relationships with those local companies that are going to hire students? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we have a placement team who, who does a lot of the reach out, but we also have those contractors come through our school. So they'll come here, they'll tour the campus, they'll tour the lab because we want them to know what they're going to get. And we also take feedback from the contractors if if they say, hey, can you add this to your curriculum? Obviously, we can't do do that for everybody, but uh, some of the larger contractors we work with are looking for something specific. We can add that or add it to our curriculum. So when they get one of our graduates, they'll, our graduate will know exactly what they need to do uh, when they get on the job for that company. I think that that is a valuable piece of information you just shared. Folks, what I wanted to share to you to share is that they actually will take the feedback from the employer in terms of what they have to teach the student to prepare them for the job. I believe that increases your chances of getting hired. Because the employer knows that you've been trained according to what they expect to be successful on the job. So that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Definitely. One of the most important things is employers is when they are hiring students is what can students do to help? You know, one of the most important things I think uh, for employers when they are hiring your students is what can students do to help themselves better position themselves to get hired? What are things they can do? So... Definitely when, when they're at the school, showing up on time, being a good student while they're here. We don't tell the contractors, hey, this is their order of merit or anything uh, of that nature. We just we let it, all our students interview with, with whoever we want. But usually the contractor can pick it up. If you have confidence and know what you're doing, uh, the contractor will be able to pick, pick that up when you're in the interview. And that's what they're looking for, people who are confident in what they have learned and that they can now apply it out in the field. Do you also think that there's some resources that maybe they can 
look into while they're, you know, not just doing the curriculum, but maybe doing some research on their own, maybe joining an organization. Are there things that they can do that can kind of give them a bit of a leg up in terms of making themselves more marketable? I think so. I mean, if, if they're generally knowledgeable about the area they want to go work in, so let's say, let's say just here in Dallas, uh, looking up the Chamber of Commerce, who's in the Chamber of Commerce, what HVAC companies are in the Chamber of Commerce. Like I said, we help them find find a new job and find a career. But if there's a specific company they want to go work for because it has a great reputation, that would be something that they can kind of after hours go go look up the largest large companies that have great reputations in the in the area they want to work. So when they're here, they can come to the placement team and say, I want to work there. What do I need to do to go work for this company? Okay. No, I agree hundred percent. That makes perfect sense to me. Forge now, you guys focus on HVAC and electrical careers. Can you share the range of income? And again, I'm not asking for exact salary, but maybe a range of income that students can expect to earn when they just get started. Yeah, just the the just for regulatory reasons, I can't give uh can't give out kind of where where our students start, but I can say that from the Department of Labor, the median income for HVAC is about fifty one thousand dollars, and on the electrical side, it's fifty six thousand dollars. Now, have we seen students make more than that after we graduate? Yes. Have some made less? Yes. But if you look at the the total career, and if you want to keep a career in the trades, if you're going on the electrical side, most likely you'll have to join an apprenticeship program where you'll have raises as you go through your career, as you make that journeyman, journeyman, as you make that master electrician, your raises will be tied to that. On the HVAC side, there's multiple different paths you can go down. You'll probably start off as a helper. Then you'll become an install technician. You can go onto the sales side if you like. You can become a manager of, of the team. So they say $51,000 for HVAC, but depending on how much work and effort you can put in, you can make a lot more than that. Uh, you can start your own company. Uh, a lot of people, all of our instructors have at one time owned their own company. So that's something that we actually teach while they're here. So again, while I can't say what our students are making, uh, you can definitely make a great career out of it where you won't be uh, hurting for money definitely. at any time. Definitely. I agree. And, and Stephen, I'll tell you something. What I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this, but I have seen companies offering bonuses for referring people because there's such a shortage in the skill trades. And one of the things that tells me is when there's a shortage, it's like anything, it's like supply and demand, salaries tend to go up. <laughs> when, when, when they're offering bonuses to find people, that means they're going to tend to pay better. And so I would encourage people to look on even some of the regular job sites like Indeed and, and ZipRecruiter, and you'll quickly discover how good those salaries are. So I would encourage folks to do that. Absolutely. And I, and I would say one good thing about going into the trades is it's always going to be in demand. Uh, if you look at, at some jobs, a lot of our tech and IT jobs, those are getting outsourced. You're never going to outsource. Some, I mean, in our lifetimes, you're never going to outsource yeah. an electrician. You can't outsource an HVAC. You need to do their boots on the ground working on these systems. And to tell you how much in demand these are, we have contractors calling us daily saying, when's your next, when are you graduating more students? We need these people. Uh, we hired one from you uh, last class. We need three more. Wow. And this isn't just one. This is, we had a contractor say, if we can give them 150 people a year, they'll gladly hire them. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, we're seeing it on the news. Uh, you're in Texas. It's hot in Texas in the summer. <laughs> you know, yes. When, when people's air conditioning goes out, that's you know that's got to get fixed right away. People need someone to come in, and the commercial side is a whole different other challenge. But you know, residential, you're you know you're this is essential. 
you know, I, I'm in Georgia. It's hot. If my air conditioning breaks, somebody's got to come in today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, that 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 really drives home the importance of those jobs and and the great work that Forge Now is doing. Stephen, you know, I have a skills trade job platform. And one of the things we have job seekers do is they create 30-second elevator pitches and then three 60-second videos to demonstrate their skills and knowledge. You know, I know it's important for companies to bring the right people in front of you. Do you see value in video? Absolutely, I do. So right now, uh, our school has been open for about 18 months. But what we're doing is now we're starting to partner with the military to get transitioning veterans to come through, like we discussed a little bit earlier. And they may want to go work in in another state. They may be coming from Fort Hood in Texas to come train with us, but they really want to go back to Georgia, and that's where they want to live. So one thing we're going to do is use uh, interviews so they can do interviews over video. I think it would be great if they got on their platform, and this is probably what we'll do, to create that 30-second elevator pitch and some of the other videos depicting what they learned here so that we can send that out to contractors that may not be local and may not be able to do those face-to-face interviews so that contractor will have the opportunity to see, hey, is this person someone I want to join on the team and what skills have they learned before even getting on an interview with them? Yeah, I, I see that. I've had people tell me, especially companies, that it's like a first interview because businesses don't want to be surprised. If you're, if you're bringing somebody who knows their stuff and is competent, that's what they expect. They don't want to surprise. You know, They want somebody who's presentable, who can, who can speak well and especially if you're customer-facing, if you're going to somebody's home, they have to be able to have some form of communication skills. And I think video reveals that. A a paper resume just doesn't. Absolutely. I mean, we we work with all our students on resume and interview tips and what their 30-second elevator pitch is, but it's up to that candidate once they get in front of the contractor to make the pitch on why they should hire them, like any interview. But knowing... Being able to see that in advance will save the contractor tons of time because if they get a look at the person and every contractor is different, but some yeah. of the ones that really want the cream of the crop, they'll be able to to pick out who they want to interview and not waste time on, on other people. I agree 100%. How are, you, how are you using social media to connect with prospective students and employers? So we're using social media in a couple of different ways. Uh, not too much on the employer side. Uh, the, especially in the HVAC industry, it's very fragmented. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the businesses are just kind of two, two guys in a truck. So we're using social media to reach out to those employers to find them to look at their Facebook pages or, or uh, LinkedIn pages, and that's how we so, sometimes that's how we find them. For prospective students who are using social media, especially Facebook and Instagram, uh, we are running ads for the school, but we also have uh, you know multiple posts daily just to, to get, get our name out there so people can see what we do. We actually just had a, a really good post last week where one of the uh, students who was working in our lab it just gave a quick thumbs up, but his mom saw it and got super excited that, that he was working hard in our lab and is, is starting a new career. She, said, she shared it with her friends. Uh, I, I think we had a couple hundred likes and a couple, couple shares nice. on it. So for us, that was, that was pretty good. Nice. I've heard also, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I was um, talking to a trade school, local, I think it was Gwinnett uh, Technical Trade School there in the metro area, and they were talking about how the students have had such good experiences that now some of their parents who are in their 50s, you know, maybe late 40s, 50s, are starting to come in and become students there because they're seeing the great opportunities that their kids are having. And so I'd be curious if that's something you guys have ever thought about in terms of targeting you know, if it's a young person, maybe the parent, you know, if they're thinking of making a correction. 
So, so we did have that. We had a family come, I believe they were out of New Mexico. It was two sons and their dad. And the dad was working on a farm, doing something with horses. I, I can't remember off, off the top of my head, but he wanted a career change. He wanted to start a company with his sons. So they all came here uh, for our course, uh, graduated. They're going to work for a contractor in the area. And after a couple of years of kind of figuring out the trade, they're going to start their own business in the, the small town in New Mexico that they came from. And we also had a I was at an event last week and spoke with uh, spoke with a woman who said she wanted to send her daughter and husband to come through our school. Nice. So, nice. so we're def- definitely seeing that where it it can become a family business and it can become multi generational of families working together. I like that. Are you getting a lot of students from out of state? Because I know you said New Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So so we do. Uh, I would say probably twenty five percent are out of state. Um, we've had somebody come in from Louisiana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, just because we're we're pretty close to Oklahoma. So yes, we do. When uh, when students come from out of state, we we provide them lodging that's included in their tuition. So we'll put that's them amazing. up in a hotel here here uh, just to make it easier on them. Obviously, because we don't want to make it cost prohibitive for people who want to get get into the trade. So we'll we'll put them up in a hotel for the the duration of the course here. Wow, you're eliminating barriers. That's smart. Very exactly. Smart. Yeah, uh, if you make it, you know, if you if you make it easy for people, they'll they're more likely to go through with it. So I respect that. Tell me something. How do you define success? What does it mean to you? So I think I mean, are we talking about success in our program or just generally in life? Or in life, for you, for you, like how do you define as you? Yeah, let me rephrase that. How do you define success for what you do for the work you do? What do you define as success? So success for me is having quality graduates. Uh, when we're looking at kind of our model and, and what, what we do, we think of our customer as the contractor. The student is our product. And that, I mean, you, if you take that out of context, it looks really bad. Obviously, we care yeah, about our students and their customer. But at the end of the day, we need to make a great product. And that product is our student. So whatever we can do to create it, make it a better experience for the student, to make them learn more, to make them retain more. So when they go out and get into the field, they are primed and ready to go and making that contractor money. That's success for us. And then the operations side of it, I, I cover everything basically outside of the classroom. Have, having a pipeline of people coming into the program so we can meet the needs of those contractors say, yes, I want to hire 150 people. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, can you please share a life lesson that you've learned in your life that you could that can help a young person who's just getting started with their career? Yeah, I think the biggest one would just just be humble. Uh, you're going into something that you may have trained for, you may not have trained for. If you came through Forge now, you've trained for it, but there's still a lot to learn, especially in in the trades that are constantly evolving. Just be humble, ask questions, find uh, find the best person at that organization. And ask them to ask to ride in their truck with them. Ask them for guidance if you need help. Just make sure you're going to the right people, but stay humble. Whether you're just beginning your career or you're 30 years in, because there's always someone out there that knows something that you don't, and you may need help from them at one point. So just stay humble. Stephen, thank you so much for your time. Now, before we sign off, uh, can you share how people can find you, share your social media, your website, and how people can meet you? Absolutely. So I'm on uh, LinkedIn. So it's just linkedin.com backslash, or I think it's forward slash Stephen Brightman. Uh, you can also find us on uh, forgenow.com. We're also on Facebook from and Instagram as ForgeNow. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I will definitely have that information in the notes. Stephen, I appreciate you taking time to uh, be on the Skills Dating Podcast. I wish you much success and 
wish you um, a great wedding that's coming up in October. I'll be right that. And uh, thank you for your time. You have a fantastic day. Thanks, you too, Keith. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.